I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Can somebody please tell me why people think music festivals are fun? I don't understand where people get pleasure for having a poo on top of other people's poos. Call me strange, but I don't see that as a fun activity. I don't also see how having it off in a tent with somebody whose hygiene rating is clearly one, whose idea of foreplay is a wet wipe. That's not for me, actually. Keep your bits to yourself. These people who go to these festivals, you know the sort, white people who think they're breaking the rules. I think they think they're dead to anti-capitalist by spending 300 quid on seeing Noel Gallagher in a field. They think they're dead kooky. And really, they're just another cunt in a purple tie-dye t-shirt, you know? Will someone not put Top of the Pops back on the telly? Because I think these people deserve to watch Diana Ross in the comfort of their own home, surely. Go. Round of applause. Yeah, come on. Do you know what? Listen, I think we should bring back the round of applause. I, well, actually, I'll put that to room. Should we bring back the round of applause? I feel I fucking deserve a round of applause. Trying to look like decipher what you fucking knobheads are all on about every week. Anyway, hello. Welcome back, weirdos. Get yourself comfy as I take you on a tour of my burner phone and we see what you lot have been up to, what you've been thinking and feeling and hopefully who you've been feeling actually to be fair i wish we got more gossip like that anyway i am as ever your trusty guide scotty and for the next 40 minutes all you've got to worry about is um well actually just me because i've got to hold this all together and i can barely hold myself together <laughs> on today's show shout outs from the pub smoking area and a special report from la pride Ooh, i think i might know who that was from but before that haven't you lot been busy? It's just a little moment to say thank you because we have been charting all over the place. And I'm, when I say all over the place, I mean all over the place in far flung places. So thank you so much. Particular shout out to Ireland, Germany and Denmark, where we have been in the top 10 this week. So hello. 
nice to see you. Um, if you are a new listener, do consider coming and joining us on the social medias. You can find us after the tone P-O-D. And on that tip, in a few weeks, this season will be over. I know. Where has it gone? So if you've been sat on something, <laughs> lucky you, <laughs> if there's something you've been meaning to ask, or perhaps there's a topic or something that you want to bring to the table, you know what to do. Open up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. Zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. Right, I'm full of the joys of spring. I mean, early summer, you know. Anyway, it's a turn of phrase. Right, Debbie, who's first? Hello, um, after the tone, people. This is a, a first time called a long time listener. And I'm at a pub on the southeast of um, of England, Englandshire. And I've just realised that every time I come here, I, I, I plug the podcast because I think it's so bloody amazing and, and these are the, the the babes i've met in the smoking area say hello babes from the smoking area hello. hello and i'm just trying to get them to uh, to listen to after the tone i just love it it's my sweet salvation anyway um big love say goodbye everybody Bye. <laughs> i love a moment like that it's uh, honestly because <laughs> you just know you know they're knee deep in the sesh <laughs> <laughs> and I love it when someone takes, you know, takes real control and they're like, there's this thing that is just going to change your world that you just need to know about. And I love that we're that. <laughs> I just want to know what that conversation was like. And actually, you know, the thing is, like, you can be best friends with people in the smoking area, can't you? You can meet somebody at the little after party, little Szechuan, little chill out. And you'd be like, oh my God, we are bonded for life now. You're my favourite person ever. How have we never met? And then you'll see someone across the room be like, Gemini, also a Gemini. Can you believe it? I've met another Gemini at this party. That's how me and Deb met. No. (laughs) As if I'd be a Gemini. Oh God, how common. (laughs) I love that, you know, you have this like deep connection and you see them on the street the next week and you're like, oh God, oh no. Oh no, I can't abide them. (laughs) So I hope some of that's happened. Anyway, if you are listening, if you were at that little moment there, if you have been subjected by this lovely person, first time caller, long time listener, first time caller, long time listener, if that was you, if you've come to the podcast via those means, let us know. I'd love to know if that works as a string of marketing. Thank you very much. I think we should be paying you. Hello, Scotty. I'm producer Deb, Tim Kattenmeyer wanted to talk about Pride Month because uh, I've just finished, I home educate my daughter and I've just finished talking to her um, about it all and what it means and going through all the various flags and talking about the history of it. And my God, it was an education for me. But you know what? She's 10 years old and she is so switched on and she's so inclusive of everybody. I love her attitude, man. She's just awesome. So... I feel in this way, Pride, even though it has been diluted somewhat, it's amazing that I've got now resources where I can teach her and we're going to go to Pride this year and, and, you know, do all that stuff. For me, growing up, not knowing who I was and, and what I was or how to explain that, being very intimidated by rainbow flags outside pubs, um, fancying every lesbian I ever came across 
telling lesbians that I was bisexual and them saying to me, oh, God, lesbians don't like bisexuals. You're just greedy. So then me going, it's not for me. Oh, no, this is not for me. Running off and then just having relationships with men um, and then some secret relationships on the side. I just sat here and told my kids, I'm bisexual. Your mum's bisexual. You know, yeah, I like men and I like women. I've had relationships with women. My family don't know this. A lot of my friends don't know this, but I've just, I've just told her and it didn't matter at all. She was like, cool. And, uh, oh, it's <laughs> quite a relief. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Anyway, yeah, pride is, is great that it's, that it's out there and that I can teach her about it. And, um, yeah, maybe I need to think a bit more about who I am and what I'm doing nowadays and be a bit more vocal about it. <laughs> Love you. Bye. First, oh, bless you. I just need to start off by saying, like, you can hear what it sounds like. It sounds like relief. It sounds like a part of yourself that has been, like, perhaps made small for a long time has been able to, like, stretch their legs for a bit. And, like, how beautiful is that exchange you know, like to think that that connection with your child is so strong and so trusting that you feel that this is somebody that you can tell and confide in. And regardless of their age, you know, how beautiful. I mean, just I just wish the world was full of more people like you. So I just wanted to like throw that out there. How absolutely stunning is that exchange? And thank you so much for sharing it with us. Particularly because you say, you know, like, not many of your friends know or whatever, but then to be able to open it up to this forum and to say, yeah, I I need to, to, well, I don't think it's I need to, actually. I think it's you want to, perhaps. You don't need to do anything. You just want to make that part of yourself more present again. And I'm so sorry that biphobia has quashed that part of you because it's such a real thing. Like, a lot of my friends who are bisexual, carry two bags. (laughs) A lot of my friends who talk about that experience often talk about that ostracisation from queer space. And I think what is being experienced there is a sense of, like, internalised shame from queer people. Because quite often the queer trajectory, in my experience, is some people come out as bisexual before they tell people that they're gay because they like testing the waters. So they assume that everybody else's experience is exactly the same, which clearly we know it isn't. Because the world that we are now living in, in which your child knows these flags, in which your child is able, because of your parenting, let's be really upfront about that, you know, you as a parent have instilled these values within that child, you know, because you can do as much as you like culturally, you know, like you can have Drag Race on the telly, you can have Nellie's presenting this, that and the other. But if the voice at home is not saying, how wonderful is that? How fantastic is that? Do you want to watch that? Would you like to read this book? Then it's only half the the picture, isn't it? Anyway, there are a lot of flags. And do you know what? sometimes it can feel very overwhelming because information is moving so fast and flags change and identities change and language change. I'm not saying that to moan, of course. I'm not saying that, oh God, what have I got to know now? I'm saying, how fantastic is that? That like, as elders, you know, I'm sort of making an assumption that you might be a similar age to me or older, 
that we have to update our knowledges. I've spoke about this before, how knowledge goes two ways, I think, in this community, where we, with our lived experience, can talk about the intimidation of flags, like you say, about what it was like going into a gay space, you know, and what it was like to come out as bisexual and for that to be devalued. And hopefully we like to think, well, I like to think we live in a world where that's slightly different, you know, but that exchange where the children can teach us and we can teach the children. I think that's where the the beauty is. Of course, there are people around the world who are trying to prohibit that. They, oh, fine, have a fucking gun. Oh no, I need a fucking gun, but don't put a drag queen anywhere near a child in a reading book. God forbid that we educated. Anyway, if any of that has stirred you, because I feel it will, and I, I actually, if you've got any sort of bisexual experience there, or a pansexual experience, I know they're different things, but I think it's important to make sure that all the identities here are in the room, they're on the table. Got all the flags up, haven't we, Deb? Yeah, she's putting them up. If any of that has um, stirred you, I'd love for other people to contribute to this. Thank you. I just want to come back to thank you, because what a lovely call. What a lovely call. Oh, I hope you come back again. Hi, Scotty. This is your LA correspondent calling you live from LA Pride. I'm just here in Hollywood to talk to the studios about dramatising my poo stories for the big screen. Um, we're here with the current husband, though, based on a lot of the men around here, the word current stood a lot of heavy lifting. Oh, hold I thought her current husband wanted to say something. You're going to say, oh no, I was shy. It was gone off with someone, someone like that. And I hope you're all well. Thought we'd call in. I don't know why you keep doing that. Um, and um, yeah, lots of love. It's a beautifully sunny day here. There's a lot of homosexuals in LA, it turns out. But I hope you're all good. Now, when they said LA Pride, I thought it might be our friend Providanza calling in. But no, it's you. Look at that with the current husband. Oh, how exciting. I mean, it sounds like everyone's having a lovely time. Do you know what? There's part of me which really hopes that you've orchestrated this in, like, a bungalow in Durham. <laughs> They've just got some people around. You're like, Eugene over there, you just go, Wee! every five minutes. Like, yeah! You know, I'm, I mean, that's potentially, that's uh, that could be a beautiful thing, couldn't it? Anyway, no, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe that you're in LA for Pride. I once went to LA, and I, I, I'm just going to put this out there. I didn't think it was that fun. I know, I know Providence is going to be calling out. I can just sense it. I didn't think it was that fun, because everything is so far from each other. Like, it's so big. But, serious mummy voice now. At the time that I was there, I found it very difficult and this isn't to say that this isn't present within the UK, because we fucking know it is, but I found it very difficult to watch the desperation of a lot of people in the city centre. There's, like, people just asking for water. And I think my friends who live there become so accustomed to the presence of desperation that it suddenly becomes invisible. And that isn't to say that they're not nice people. It's just something they, they are exposed to on a daily basis that it's become slightly invisible to people. And I found that quite horrific. And I think going out to like the gay parties, I was there for a work thing. And so, you know, people sort of determine where you go. I went to this like party, like scene party. And it was just 
shoulder surfing gay men. And I want to come back because I want to kind of experience queerness because having people like Providanza on the show has made me see like there is a way different side to LA that I was not exposed to and I I would love to be exposed to it. But yeah, it wouldn't be my first place to go, oh, there's always a burp in there. I'd love to know how LA Pride was. If anybody else was there, get in touch. Hello, Scotty and everyone at the pub. This is update from Blighty Numero Tres. I am in Scarborough with the parentals and just listening to the podcast. Yes, people are so much friendlier. Do you know, I notice it. As soon as I come through King's Cross or St Pancras and I get off of the underground or the, you know, southern trains and I get onto the northern trains, as soon as I'm at the platform, someone says, hey, would you like help with your bag? And um, apologies, that was a terrible accent. So updates are last week I saw my nana and granddad who are still with us but nana had a fall the morning of the wedding so she didn't make it to the wedding so the old bag tripped on her slippers down the driveway so visited my gran went to granddad's grave granddad we lost in covid so it's been full-on emotion totes emotion now i like wet chips so i'm in my element in the north I don't like dry food. I like gravy on my chips. So that's the update for now. I am heading back to London at the weekend to do a bit of shopping before I fly. So update for coming at ya. Love to all at the pub. Lauren, thank you so much. Now, Scarborough. Now, just give you a little visual picture. Oh, no, Debbie, look, don't look at me like that. I don't care if people in Scarborough are going to fucking call up because of my description of it. It is a fucking shithole. Now, um, people who don't know what Scarborough is, it's a place which is on the coast, which is like a seaside town. It's idyllic, actually. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful, stunning, picturesque, as you can hear from the sound of it, Scarborough. Scarborough. It's a beautiful sound. So, lovely Lauren. I hope you had a lovely time up there with your wet chips. Oh, floating chips. It's the delicacy, actually, if you don't know from Scarborough. Floating chips. Yeah. Now, I've told you about my feelings about slippers. And I feel this validates it. There was a lot of pushback about my feelings about slippers. Lots of people like, no, slippers are great. They're so lovely. Oh, yeah, slippers, slippers. No. Look, nanas are falling over because of them. Is that not reason to ban them? I'm just saying, if we were still part of the EU, I'm sure they'd be banned. Okay? Slippers are very Tory. Nah, take them off your feet. Yes, exactly. Thank you very much. Now, isn't it weird that we've become accustomed, slightly, to hearing things like somebody that we lost to COVID? Isn't that a horrific thing that is now part of our vernacular? Anyway, I'm listening with all ears to find out, with all ears, both of them, uh, to find out what you get shopping-wise. You know, don't tell us the brands because, you know, they're not paying for the advertising. Because I'd love to know what it is that you're bringing back, like what you don't have over that way in Oceana. Anyway, speak to you soon. Looking forward to the next part. All right, Scotty. All right, Producer Debs, Tim, Cat, Meyer, the whole gang, and the ATT crew pub. Um, I hope you're all well. Oh, I'm sorry that I've uh, been a little bit busy. Oh, it's Nat, by the way. Long time lurker. Oh, here I am. Here I am again. 
You alright, mate? You alright? My dulcet tones. So you wanted some fucking content? Well, here you are. Um, I'm back at work. Woo! Check me and my bad self out. In recovery, but hey-ho, such is life. I've got a psychiatrist appointment next week. So that'll be my first face-to-face with the doc. So that'll be cool. I've been looking after myself a lot better. Had an orange for lunch. That's all right, isn't it? Big old fucking massive orange, about the size of a cricket ball. Oh, I sent you a fucking DM slide, and you didn't even didn't even bother with that. So, um, yeah, I did send you a confession, but clearly, clearly didn't make the cut, did it, lads? Wasn't quite good enough. All right, that's fine. I get it. I get it. It's cool. Make a space for new people. That's that's what it's about. That's what I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying hearing from all the new guys. It's been lovely. Oh, I've seen the pub fill up, man. It's just it's so good. Anyway, I hope you're all right. Um, I hope of those of you who are like me, we're not just surviving anymore, which is quite nice. Quite nice, actually. Quite nice. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Oh, hi. Yeah, of course we knew who it was. I mean, if there was anyone that doesn't need an introduction to the room. Oh, don't tell that to JRF because you know what she's like. But you have got a real sound to your voice now. I think we'd know. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and I mean this with high praise, you know, coming from me. It's like misery and contempt and must I do this? Okay, fine. Yes, here I am. All at the same time, which I really enjoy. Because, you know, most people that come on, they're like, hi, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but LA Pride. You're like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> so no need for an introduction there. Um, now, look, I'm just going to put this out there. We kept many a DM slide. Many a person is telling me the internets are their internets. Now, some of them I can't use because, well, because they're actually pure filth. And yes, there is a filter. Yes, there is a benchmark that has to be reached here. I know the bar feels very low because anyone can fucking call up and talk about how they shut themselves. I know that feels very low for you. But, you know, we're quite exclusive, actually. Yeah, so it doesn't mean that everybody gets to go. Okay, Nat? All right? Thank you very much. I know this psychiatry business. Oh, my God. I have been from here to there to everywhere. And I'll tell you what. I think crazies, like ourselves, deserve a wage for mental health admin. It's a part-time job. And I kid you not. Oh, I've had a referral from this one to go to that one. They can't give me the thing that I need because apparently I'm not crazy enough. There's a, Apparently, there's a bar to reach there as well. And so then that one refers you back to the other one because then that one can see if you're crazy enough to see if you can go back to the other bunch of knobheads. I'll tell you what, I've had it up to here. And do you know what? It's crazy, isn't it, that actually the hoops you have to jump through when you're asking for help. It is wild when you say, please, can I have some help? And they go, "Mm, I don't think you're crazy enough. Isn't that a wild world that we live in? Anyway, lovely to hear from you now. I'm sorry your DM slide wasn't good enough, but you know... We take the rolls and the punches. We take the rolls and the punches. Is that the turn of phrase? Anyway, lovely to have you. <laughs> roll, roll, roll with the punches. Debbie says it's roll with the punches. So there you go. Um, coming up, what home comforts do you take on holiday? Question mark. Oh, I just asked Lauren the reverse. That'd be interesting. Love as a Rubik's Cube and body gaslighting. Uh, but before that, like other podcasts, we too invite you to throw a few quid into the ring to help us keep this thing going. 
and all the palaver that's attached to it. And being totally honest with you, without your support, we can't keep the lights on because it is a part-time job for five of us. And it takes five of us to pull this together each week. So if you're able to support us, if you're able to dig a little deep, we would really, really appreciate it. And we know it's a difficult time to be asking for things like that. Patreon.com forward slash after the tone. Um, shout outs this week. Uh, bye for a little bit says, starting a dream job, hybrid between Manchester and Berlin. Oh my God, two amazing places. I'm so jealous. Very jealous of that job. Please, can I do it with you? Please, can you take me? Please, can we go to Berlin together? I've never met you, but you know, I'm sure you sound nice. Nah, actually, you listen to this, you're probably not. Alina, <laughs> Alina said, last week at old job, new job will have me in theatre in more ways than one. <gasps> oh, is that surgery? Like, are you a doctor person? Do you cut people open for a living? <laughs> Why would I go there and not just like you're in the arts? And, oh, lovely Gemma has sent in a little shout-out, which says it's my niece's second birthday, so shout-out to my sister for having two babies in lockdown. It makes me emotional thinking back at what my sister went through in labour alone. Oh, bless. Well, all of the shout-outs there. If you want to come and join us on the Instagram and then uh, get yourself a little shout-out on the show, you know what to do, at After the Tone P-O-D. Oh, that's my phone going. Oh, that's that language thing asking me to learn my Spanish. Oh, for fuck's sake, yeah, I better do that. Anyway... Better get on with the show first. Hiya, Scotty. Caitlin here, coming to you from sunny Northern Ireland. Um, I saw you wanted to hear about summer plans. Now, I am uh, agoraphobic and suffer from panic disorder, so I won't be going anywhere on my summer halls. But what me and my mum do is we like to turn the back garden into our very own Club Tropicana in East Belfast. So we have a big paddling pool, we get our cozies on, we'll get the bubbles out. And we'll just have, you know, a great time. And the best thing is, you get to sleep in your own bed. Because that's for me. Whenever I did go on holiday, the worst part, you'd miss your own bed. But, you know, you get the best of both worlds. And you can get a wee curry chip or a cheesy chip after. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to worry about food. Oh, home comforts. But the glamour of going away. So that's my plans for my holidays. Um, I hope whatever you're doing, that you enjoy yourself. And I will speak to you soon. Lots of love. Bye. Gorgeous Caitlin calling there from Narnarn. Lovely to have you in the room in East Belfast as well. Look at that. Do you know what? That sounds idyllic under the circumstances with agoraphobia. I think, do you know what? Now you can tell me. You know, there's the NHS one who obviously knows that you say these stupid Latin things. I said the agoraphobia. That sounds like a great drag name. Anyway, I said agoraphobia. And um, he goes, agoraphobia. One thing, I hate posh people correcting me. I mean, they might be right, but I just fucking hate it. You know what I mean? So I gave him a look like that. And then I was like, oh, is that how you say it? And he's like, yeah, that's how you say it. So you tell me, you've got it. Do you know what I mean? So, But it sounds idyllic, to be fair. The Club Tropicana vibes. God bless your mum. Can we get your mum on? Because I'd love to just hear what the pair of you get up to, because that would be lovely. Get your mum on. And tell us, you know, like, have you got a cocktail on the go there? What are you having for your tea, actually? Because I'd like to know, in this setting, like, you know, you're doing up the garden. Do you do up a chippy? Like, does the chippy come and then you put, like, a cocktail stick in it or something like that? Or do you have it, like, a bit fancy? Do you have it with, like, a tinny from Marks and Spencers? Anyway, back to me. <laughs> what am I doing? Well, I'll tell you what I'm fucking doing. I am waiting for the fucking Irish government to fucking send me my passport. I have been waiting close to four months now. And I'll tell you what, it bugs the shit out of me. Because, well, here we go. We're going to go for it. 
it bugs the shit at me that trying to prove myself <laughs> as an Irish person is hard enough. And it kind of annoys me because my family had to leave the island because they were so poor and because of colonialism. But let's not get into that now. (laughs) Because of the occupation. (laughs) God, we don't have to do things like here, do we? So it meant that my family were displaced. It meant that I was read here. So, I mean, the hoops that you have to jump through... I have to send every document that I have with my name on always has to go back to Dublin. It just means then I can't do anything. So I'm sat here waiting for Ireland to decide whether or not I can have a passport again. The amount of money that goes into proving who you are, it just annoys me. I just feel like the UK government should pay for it, (laughs) you know? So there's that. So I'm waiting to find out of that. And then if I do get a fucking identification, which means I can get on a plane, I am gasping too. I'm desperate to get back to Dublin because I haven't been back to Dublin in three years. And I've got a whole beautiful queer family and people that I, that I absolutely love and adore that I love to see and squeeze. And But also, you know, oh, come on, I want to get somewhere hot. I want to get somewhere, like I want to go possibly to the best country. I like the best country. Ah! or um, maybe go down to Malaga because I've been there a few times. I like it there. I like it warm. And also, like me, App said, I've got to brush up on my Spanish so I'll be able to go to Malaga and, you know, show the English people up. I, that's one thing I hate, actually, about going on holiday. The English people who just walk into a bar and they go, drink, drink, as if these people have never come into contact with an ignorant British person before that they they don't actually know what you're saying to them. I mean, it's just, it's the most mortifying thing. Anyway, by the by, what are you doing, dear listeners? Are you going away? Are you having, a st- do they call it a staycation? Are you having Club Tropicana like Caitlin is having in their garden? Are you waiting for a fucking passport? <laughs> I'd love to know. We are about to jump into summer, supposedly. It's pissed down with fucking rain here for the last week in Manchester. But what are your plans? I'd love to know. Get on the blower. Give us a call. Hi, Scotty. Me again, your friendly sexual health nurse. Right, so you're asking about holidays, are you? Me and mum are off to California in about two weeks. And I've just got off the phone to my mum. And she is talking about packing not just her travel kettle, and the tea bags, obviously. She also is going to bring proper mugs. Apparently, we need to have a proper cup of tea. She's wonderful. <laughs> oh, hello. Nice to have you. I don't know if we've had you before. Because when you said, you hello, friendly sexual health nerve, I, just, I thought, oh, my God, is it is it my actual nurse? <laughs> I thought you were calling up with some test results. I thought, this is the really living life, isn't it? Really open life, sharing that with the listeners. But do you know what? I'd love to know some of your stories. If I mean, you know, I know you're not allowed to give descriptions, but, you know, maybe you've got some sexual health advice that you might want to call up with. Yeah, I would love that. One thing I'd like to tell you, Mum, is they have kettles wherever you're going. (laughs) A travel kettle. Oh, no, thank you. Just let your mum know there are kettles. 
where you go in. Show her a picture of the kettle. Do you know what I mean? That's one less thing that needs to go through customs. Um, I understand the idea of a mug, because, you know, if you like your own mug, you like your own mug. I mean, definitely. The one thing I definitely would say was take a tea bag, because quite often you go to places and they, oh, my God, the tea bags are awful. I mean, the whole of the United States of America and Canada, oh, my God, a tea bag they cannot, Lipton's tea or whatever, whatever it is, it's like fucking pissy dishwater. No, you have to use about 10 tea bags in it to get a fucking half-decent cup of tea. No, I'm with your mum on this one. Take a good fistful of uh, tea bags, actually. Yeah. When I go touring, when I go travelling, I don't often, because people ask me, oh, you know, you're touring quite a lot, won't you, Tia? And I'm like, well, share business is a very, very busy life. Actually, I tend not to really take home comforts, but I tend to change the place that I'm in to be more comfortable. <laughs> So quite often I get put up in one of these, you know, rentals or an Airbnb type thing, malarkey, do you know what I mean? Or in a hotel room, which has just got, I've always got terrible art. All of them have got terrible art in. So one of the first things I do is I take the art off the wall. Because I don't need to be looking at a black and white picture of London when I'm in, I don't know, Scarborough. (laughs) You know, there is no need for me to look at a black and white, out-of-focus picture of a Manhattan skyline when I am in Italy. I don't get it. So I often take that down. And often I think people have furniture the wrong way. So I just, I basically rearrange people's houses for them. It's a service, I know. And if I could be bothered, sometimes I put it back. (laughs) But listener, what do you do? What are you taking on your summer holidays? Hi, Scotty. Uh, The team, Debbie, and the, the room... Yeah, what I was wanting to talk about was, yeah, has anybody here ever completed a Rubik's Cube? I bought one recently, as it always bugged me that um, I couldn't do one as a kid. <laughs> uh, and now I know I can't at 41. Got similar feelings about love. Yeah. And uh, never, yeah, never really felt love as a kid and now as an adult yeah pretty sure i still haven't i I can't in good conscience say that i grew up in an abusive household but i can't also say that i know what love was because of the difficult household i grew up in i didn't see love in my parents um they weren't always kind to each other um, I didn't see how they see it and how they treated my sibling. Can't say that they did anything wrong. I mean, I was a kid myself, so I didn't have the perspective to really know what was right and wrong in that kind of arena. Yeah, I just don't feel like I, I felt love from them. Yeah, it's kind of like um, solving a Rubik's Cube when yeah, love was something I only ever really saw other people do on TV. Like growing up, like for myself, like all I really wanted was something else, something different. Like I I knew I was different and being queer, like I didn't have words for it. Like I wasn't sure I was gay or anything like that because I didn't really know what being gay meant. Yeah, so yeah, comparing myself to my parents, like all I I knew I I wanted something else as well as probably that something else was going to be inevitable because I wasn't going to be get married to a woman. Yeah, but I guess um, when love didn't deliver itself neatly in adulthood, I just didn't have the, the toolkit to look for it, I guess. Like, it's a bit of a tangent. I am a pet owner. 
I've had a couple of cats for a few years. So I definitely love them in a way that I think is pretty typical that people love pets and animals. So I got that. I do love food. Like especially like brassics, you know, like garlic and all the kind of leafy green stuff when it's all like a bit roasted and salted and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I do know that I have love in my life and that I have pets and I can cook. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Thanks. Love you all. Bye. Oh, hi, darling. Listen, I think I know who this is, but you didn't disclose that. So we'll just hold that there. Now, can I do a Rubik's Cube? Can I fuck? I mean, I can barely write my own name. You know, you watch these people on the internet and uh, they can do them in like a second. And I think, well, how is that a transposable life skill? At what point in your life do you go, well, actually, I learned this skill. I mean, maybe mathematics, maybe coding. Actually, maybe it's a really transposable life skill. Okay, delete that. Anyway, I want to go in on this. And I think it's going to be complex. And I think other people will have thoughts and feels from this. I'm very lucky. I knew I was always loved. Oh, my God. I'd walk into a room and my family would fall over to celebrate. Oh, my God. You're so stunning. You're so lovely. Look at you. You're so beautiful. You know, like I was really built up by my family, particularly my mum and my granddad. Oh, apple of their eyes. Do you know what I mean? And I think, though, queerness alienates you from the world and we often experience the world from behind ourselves. I think the kids call it disassociation. I remember experiencing myself experience the world quite a lot and I think that can still happen a bit but very prolifically in those sort of early teen years when you know you are holding this secret that we can feel that these things will never be possible, that they will never be awarded to us And then we try to search for them and seek for them. And I think this can be responsible for many behaviours in our community. Something that my friend told me when I was about 16, my friend Louisa, I was thinking about like getting a boyfriend and I I was dealing with a lot of rejection. You know, there was, I say a lot of rejection, there were like three people around me at the time that were bisexual that I was like, maybe they'll like me. And I, you know, they didn't. And I remember feeling really rejected and Lou saying to me, well, you know, are you putting yourself out there? Do you love yourself? And I think it's such a cliche because of that teleprogram, but I think there is some truth in it. But I don't think it is the full answer, actually. I think it's very complicated for those of us who have been told that our love is forbidden. And there's this thing that I think complicates things over and over for me, which is love is love is love. Love is love is love is love is love is love. Love is love is love is love. It's like it's become just such this like thing. Well, like, is it? It's, it's also become this cliche as well, which people are like, you are loved. And it's like, well, If you don't feel that, if you don't experience that, then what you feel that everybody's saying to you is just like, Blair is Blair, blah, 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 blah. So I really hear this. I'm lucky to have experienced love in very many different ways in my adult life because I've sought for it and I found it. And those things are coincidence. They just sort of happen. So I don't really know what to say. But I sort of, I'm sat here going, yeah, I understand. And I can sort of hear the sad, I can really hear the sadness in your voice. And so I, I want to open this up and ask other people, is this ringing true to you? 
how have you navigated this? What are those different forms of love that you experience that are fulfilling? I'm just always struck by the honesty and the openness that people come here with. I know we have a laugh and we talk about this, that and the other, but opening up like this, there's a real vulnerability to this. So please pick up the blower and let's speak to this person. Hi, Scotty and crew. It's B here again. Uh, I've just listened to the latest episode of ATT and I just wanted to call in to talk about uh, body gaslighting. Like, I've definitely experienced that from as, like, as young as I can remember. Like in primary school, I would say I was fat. And all, everyone else would be just like, oh, no, no, you're not fat. No, of course not. Even though that was definitely not true because I was twice their size. But I'm also still experiencing this as an adult from my own family. Like, for example... I'm looking for been looking for a wedding dress. My mum was looking with me and she asked my size. And when I told her, she was just like, what? Oh my God, no way. There was no possible way you can be that big. Like you must be two sizes smaller than that. She means it as a compliment because she is a very large woman, like much larger than I am. And obviously I don't mean that in a negative way. Like, she was just comparing me to her and saying, like, I can't possibly anywhere near her size. I'm just like, you're denying my reality really explains my body dysmorphia quite a lot. I mean, yeah, it does fuck with your head quite a lot, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, all I have to say apart from that is Holly Minobi and Crilip Schofields. <laughs> Great fishy puns there. Well done. I hope, B, you are calling us yet again from the toilet. I do hope that, because you know me. I love a situational phone call. Now, this gaslighting that we spoke about a few weeks ago, it's so interesting, isn't it, that largely this violence, and I call it violence quite pointedly, because it is, it comes from family members who think they are being kind. But really what has been happening there is them saying, you are not this thing because I don't want you to be this thing. And when you know you are that thing, it then sounds like to our ears, you aren't enough, I don't like you. And it's a really difficult, complex thing because those family members are living in a fatphobic society which tells them beauty, prettiness, successfulness, living, progression is based upon aesthetics. It's based upon an aesthetic that is set by capitalism, by the media, by... God, when I say the media, I hate that because it makes me sound like one of those people that are all a bit fake news, and I'm not. It is based upon a very narrow set of acceptability. It's very Victorian, very Victorian in that way. And so it's sort of easier when people you hate call you a fat cunt, you know, because you're like, fine. But when somebody you love uses this gaslighting, this subtlety to it, it just makes it so much more complex. Hi, Scotty. Kara here. I'll try this again. Keeps deleting my message. <laughs> um, just listen to the messages. Um, I'm dry eye in the house, really. What a lovely episode. And I just want to shout my appreciation to all ears and my appreciation to Pablo, man, for his lovely, kind words. Even I'm welling up a little bit now. I just try and not begrudge my life. Full of gratitude and full of gratitude for people out there and... Never underestimate the small things, what we all do, 
to keep us through. I don't know. And, um, yeah, I was trying to think of a fish, celebrity fish name, and I can't think of one. I kept just coming out of octopusy, and I don't know. That's just, just rubbish. I don't understand anything. Anyway, I, I tried. It's a shit game. Don't want to play. <laughs> I feel exactly the same. It's shit. If I can't, if I can't play the game, I don't want to play it. <laughs> it is lovely, isn't it, that we can offer each other this, you know, solidarity and looking at each other and being like, I see this thing in you, I hear this thing in you, and I want to like say I love you, etc. For it, um, I think this is such a beautiful attribute of you, particularly the carer, having known you now quite intimately for a good few years, hearing you call up and telling us where you're at and what things is. You're always full of such gratitude and I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm that kind of person I'm not kinder I don't know if I'm that kind of a person because oh, I don't think I'm ever great am I grateful maybe I am although gratitude sort of makes me annoyed because it makes me I'm not saying you it makes me feel like I have to deal with the card that I'm dealt and sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes I don't want to be fucking grateful for it. Sometimes I want to be really fucking angry about it. And I want to be like, fuck off. I don't want this thing. I want to be quite ungrateful, maybe. Hmm. Am I grateful? I'm going to have a think about that. Hospitality, bisexuality, holidays, home comforts, travel, gratitude. If any of that has stirred you, come on. I would love to have you in the room. All you've got to do is open up WhatsApp and send me a little voice note to this number. 0788-200-3420. The season is going to be over before you know it. And so, you know, we'll be resetting some of the conversations. Some things will fizzle away. So if you've got something, now is your chance. Please dive in. It would be lovely to have you. Remember, you can find us on the social medias at After the Tone P-O-D. You can also have a little chat with me at Scott Ears Fat. You know, I'd love to know where you are and put faces to the names and that. But also, I respect your anonymity. Anonymity. I can't say it, but I respect it. <laughs> Listen, before you know it, I'll be back. But much love to the team, Debbie Tim, Maya and Kat. And uh, we'll see you on the next dose of this. Look after yourselves, babes, because it's a bit horrible out there sometimes, isn't it? After the tone, after the tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Colbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller Lewis, Digital Producer Capriel. After the tone is a Debbie production. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 